We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. Thanks, Nick. You know, looking around, you ain't so bad, you know. I mean, you actually look quite friendly, quite, quite happy. Well, most of you. All right, so uh, last week, Dave was talking to us about laying down our lives, denying ourselves. Um, I want to talk a bit about the gospel. And I want you to pay, if you're not good at concentrating, give me about three or four minutes and then you can drift off to wherever you're going, you know? Um, remember, we're, we're never talking about religion. Uh, religion doesn't do anything, get us anywhere. It's a complete waste of time. Every religion, religion is about getting to God. Even Christianity as a religion, total waste of time. Because God doesn't call us to religion. He calls us to relationship. So what is the gospel? Turn to someone and tell them what you think it is. In one minute. One minute. What is the gospel? Okay. Minutes up. Can the front row please pay attention? All right, here's the gospel. This is the only bit that we really need to know and live in. Oh, thank you. You're coming just for the right moment. (laughs) You need to hear this. (laughs) Oh, I'm in trouble now. Yeah. Jesus died and rose again. He paid the price for our sin. He is the only way to God. So what, what, what do we do? The Bible says that God, because he died, made him Lord over all. So there's one question. Is he Lord over you? So it's not about learning stuff. It's about coming to a decision. Is Jesus actually my Lord? And it's at that point that you make a decision. And the decision is, I choose to surrender the authority of my life from me to God. That's all you can do. And after that, the miracle takes place. It's what God does. 
It's the miracle of being born again. You can't do it. Nobody else can do it. It's a miracle of being born again. It's when God, the Holy Spirit, takes up residence in us and leads us and guides us. So the gospel is, Jesus is Lord. Is he your Lord? Have you surrendered authority, your self-will, to him? Bible tells us it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Hang on a minute. We've just said we've, we've surrendered our will and the authority of our life to him. It's like we've come under his lordship. But in coming under his lordship, we are set free in a way that we never, ever could possibly be. It's for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Now, how many of you knew and could have said, if I'd have called you out and said, tell us what the gospel is? Like in a couple of sentences. Hands up if you could have done that. Three. <laughs> Four. Oh, wait a minute. The front row at that side is now waking up. <laughs> Guys, this is the essential thing. How many of you uh, younger people, say under 20, grown up in this church, could not have, honest, be honest now, could not have said the gospel is God has made Jesus Lord over all and I want to be one of the all. I submit the authority of my life. Could you have said that? But could you say it now? Yeah? Talk to me, I'm a bit lonely up here. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. From freedom, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. We're called to be free. That's that salvation message. But let's understand a little bit what that freedom is. Free from compulsion. Oh, I couldn't help it. It just sort of happened. Free from retaliation. Well... You see what they did to me. You know, I think I'm going to take that laying down. Free from reputation maintenance. I need to do this because it's about my reputation. Uh, it's about me presenting me. Free from what we call peer pressure, people pleasing. Well, it's very awkward, you see, because all the others were saying this or all the others were doing that. See, we're talking about a freedom that's not just an external thing. It's about being born again. So we have a freedom from within. The Bible says that we're born of incorruptible seed. That means we have power over family traits. Jamie, just help me a second. Just lift my glasses up. I can't see properly. Okay. I couldn't see you very well. So I am not simply 
the product of my father. Now, he had certain traits that I probably wouldn't follow and some I would want to follow. But that's a choice. It's no longer inevitably that I am just a reproduction of my father because we're set free from those things. Power of family traits. No longer slave to our history. No longer, I can't help it. Yeah, slave to our history. That can be as simple as, <clears throat> well, the way we did it when we were growing up, we continue the same way, free from that. At the same time, let's understand, God is not looking for perfection. He's just looking for a people that will surrender to him. Perfection is not required. He can use me in a place where I'm not perfect. I know that you're going to find this difficult to believe, but I am not perfect. <laughs> See, it's not about achieving. It's about a position of surrendering to God. At the same time, he can bypass the various steps in my restoration. We like that term. If I, if I limp, then I'll run with a limp. I'll, I'll continue to, to serve him, even in the fact that I'm not yet fully perfected in the totality of what he wants. Now, when we look at this, it's only God that can do this. I psychiatrist or counsellor can help you identify the problem but we need God it's only God that can forgive us let's say the problem is identified as forgiveness which is often the case able to understand and see the problem is what the professionals can do but only God has the power to actually change us from the inside. This is the wonderful thing about um, God's power. I choose to forgive. That's my choice. I choose to forgive. And I might say, uh, Nick, I choose to forgive you. Only God can actually change that. I make the choice and he gives the power to actually change and deliver me from the inside. This is not something that we learn, it's something that we experience. Spot the difference. What would you do or not do if you were free from peer pressure? All right, have a little think about that. And let's look at a couple of examples. All right, you see the boss or the teacher acting in an unrighteous way, maybe taking advantage of someone. Um, there are ways to overcome it. When one of the masters, when I was at school, had a habit of, of throwing the blackboard rubber because it was chalk and, and uh, all that sort of thing. And there, there was a kind of wooden thing with a felt bit on it. 
and uh, when you were misbehaving, he would throw it at you. Uh, we learn. You still do that, Neil? Yeah. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> if, you lift, if you lifted the desk lid quick enough, you can defend yourself. So we can try. But let's come back to this. Somebody acting unrighteous, somebody in authority. No one else is prepared to say anything. The attitude is, that's just the way it is around here. As a slave to peer pressure, wouldn't say anything either. Wouldn't want to rock the boat. As someone free from peer pressure, I can speak truth to power even when my peers would rather me keep quiet. An opportunity to speak up. Sometimes it's just to speak up for others when the organisation is not really doing the right job. I, I recall being uh, in all places in Marks and Spencer and uh, there's this huge queue and I thought, no, one minute, I'm queuing up to pay. I'm a customer. So I shouted out loudly, can we get some staff on this till, please? And everybody looks round. Well, I thought it was a reasonable question. It's just a question of speaking up. And we get, did get someone as well. So someone in your team is annoying. Other members discuss this person's weakness behind their back or blast them out of frustration. As a slave to peer pressure, probably I would join in with gossip and explosion. But as being free from it, free from peer pressure, this is the kind of freedom we're talking about, being able to have compassion and accept and help unfortunate team member. Discuss with one or two people next to you or around you. If you don't like those next to you, turn behind or lean over the front. Examples of that. Being free from peer pressure. Somebody acting in an unrighteous way. Someone in your team or group annoying. What do you think? What have you done? What would be the way to deal with it? Give you two minutes.
Okay. I would have liked to have been in on some of those conversations. They seem to be quite animated. See, here's the situation. We think we're free, but are we really? We're talking about a level of freedom here when we submit to his rule. I live in a free country. I can pursue any career I want. I can be whoever I want to be. I have freedom of religion, expression, speech. Hmm. Yeah. But there was a, a gangster that was being interviewed. And uh, he said a very, a very interesting thing. He said, if someone said I couldn't do something, I had to prove that I could. Still a slave to what others say. It's very interesting, the first time um, we went to California, um, somebody said that the kind of, I don't know what you call it, prevailing attitude, uh, operational way of living here is this. You might like to know it. Just look good. Don't matter how you feel, but just look good. I thought, how tragic. To expand a little bit on the what it means to that, well that illusion of freedom we think we're free when we are in control um, I have two boys in my home um, as soon as my youngest got old enough to venture his own opinion the conflicts begun um, and so trying to talk with a seven-year-old and a four-year-old when you're saying, okay, I know that you want to punch your brother. Is there a deeper want that you have? I.e. to be set free from the feeling of needing revenge. No, I just want to hit him. Okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, imagine we think by being in charge, we have a spectrum of freedoms. We have all these choices in front of them. It's like, yes, I have freedom. I live in a free country. But the first option can only be accessed if I'm willing to forgive her. No, I'm not. All right, well, the option at the other end, can I risk this relationship? No, I'm not, I'm not prepared to do it. So that option's off the table. Can I tolerate Bobby? I don't think I can tolerate Bobby. That op option's off the table. Can I hope that Sam will one day change? Put his phone down and look at me. I really, I, I don't have that hope. So I'm stuck. I make no decision, which is, in fact, a decision in itself. But I thought I was free. But when I look at it, most options are off the table. But when he's in charge, something happens because the will of God, I'm empowered by the grace of God to do the will of God. So actually, I do have a hope for the future because I believe that God can turn what is bad into what's good. God can actually cause me to have compassion 
for Bobby, even when I find him really annoying, there's something inside that comes when I surrender my life to Jesus. I can be willing to risk speaking the truth to Fernando and upsetting him and all these Latino kind of emotions come at me. I can risk it because I know that I'm secure and safe in who God's made me to be. And I can forgive her because God has forgiven me and now I have the power to forgive. Suddenly there's options on the table that I didn't have before because I've made myself a slave to him. This gospel, where we actually yield the authority of our life, our self-will, self-determination over to God, that has an amazing, not binding, but an amazing freedom. We're talking real freedom here, not just an external freedom, but something where we're free in a wholly different way from ourselves because we've yielded it to him. Renewing of the mind and by grace learning that all the old restrictions, internal particularly, no longer apply. Yes, good. How you let yourself be enslaved, you live by the law, you try harder, self-help, trying to qualify, self-justify, pretend. I need to be bigger, stronger, better to fix myself. It denies the reality that I cannot fix myself in a very nice way, with a smile on your face. Turn to somebody and say, I'm sorry, you cannot fix yourself. And see if, you know, I hope you get a good reaction. Okay, that was, uh, that was risky, but I like, a, I like to take a risk. I like to take a risk. Nobody got smacked in the face, did they? Huh. Okay, all right. We cannot fix ourselves. I need to be rescued. I needed what God could do and God only could do by submitting the authority of my life over to him. That's the gospel. It denies the reality that I can't fix myself if I try. I need to be rescued. The Bible says this. It's a very interesting phrase, verse from the Bible. Which of you by taking thought, can add one inch to your height. Troy. 
<laughs> didn't work, did it? Oh. Oh. Even those high heels didn't help, did it? <laughs> we can't do it. And when we recognise we can't do it, it's a great place for saying, God can. We're talking about a freedom. We're talking about the power of the gospel. That God can do what we can't do. James got another example for us. They can do it from the back. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. Trying to be justified by the law is the same as trying to make yourself right. And that, in fact, means that we lose the grace that God's got for us when we're trying hard to do it ourselves. So, one time, I took my wife Lucy and Arthur to, to the beach, and it was my job to pack the bag. Now, anyone that's packed a bag for a child to the beach, there is no chance that you're going to remember everything. There's so many things. So, we wanted to keep him out of the sun. He's our first child. We didn't have a backup at the, this point, so we really wanted to keep this one alive. Um, and so we needed to keep him protected from the sun. And so we had this rash vest. I've told this story a long time ago for, for you guys. Rash vest that was UV protected. So not only do we lather him in sun cream and put all kinds of shades over him, we also had to pack the rash vest. My wife is rooting through the bag that I packed, she says, where's the rash vest? My first option, and I think we always do this, is a kind of denial. It's in there. You're just not looking hard enough. Dig deeper. I definitely put it in. If it's needed, I would have put it in. The bag is tipped out and every item is rooted through. There's no rash vest. At this point, I'm feeling a little bit on the defensive side because the further questions are coming at me. Fairly aggressively now. So I switch to my next mode of defense, which is, well, I don't think you're very grateful for all the things I did manage to pack. <laughs> that didn't make the rash fest appear. So then I did what any man should do. is said, I will go and get the rash fest. I will save the day. I'll put my cape on and I'll go and, I'll go and get it from our little holiday house. At which point, my wife said, no, I will get it. Oh, what it feels like to, be, to have the solution stolen from your hands that you can't even fix your mistake. When those three things, my denial, my self-justification, and my ability to cover my own costs were all taken from me, I felt this sense of despair. I'd come to the end of myself. The Bible says that all that have fallen, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned. Well, that's like me packing the rash vest. First of all, we deny. No, I've not sinned. Once it can be presented to you, once the bag is tipped out and your sin is laid in front of you, you can justify, well, I had to do it because this is the, the hand I was dealt or the situation. It didn't make the sin disappear. It was still there in full view. All right, how much do I need to pay to cover up for my sin? And you realize, I don't have the credit. I don't have enough to do it. I'm brought into a place 
of despair. And it's only at that point that I see that God has come in. Not only did he rescue me, but he delighted to do so. Little test. Two minutes. No, one minute. Share the gospel. Little helper. It's about authority. Go. Share the gospel. I'm a little helper. A little helper. Tip to get you started. It's about authority. Right. That was enough time to do it. Remember? God, because Jesus died, gave his life, God chose to make Jesus Lord over all. Our position is, is he Lord over me? I choose to make him my Lord and then God does what only God can do. It's a miracle of being born again. God has set me free by his death and resurrection. What a wonderful, amazing, almost unbelievable truth and yet God enables us to do that. And it goes on from there. We then come to a place where actually in my freedom under him I actually delight to do his will. Not God miserable day. I delight to do his will. So actually because I'm born again because there's something totally different operating inside me I live to please him which just so happens to be the best way to live it leads to me making healthy decisions freedom to ask and submit to the will of God so what keeps you from obeying the truth well personal preference putting ourselves on the throne I want, I'll do I decide I don't actually need to want to do something in order to be able to do it. Once I know that this is what God wants, I am empowered by him to do that. Amazing how different the topic sounds once the issue is settled. Once I've settled the issue, the issue is, who is Lord? Jesus is Lord. Who's, who have I submitted to? I've submitted to him. It's not irksome to deny self in favour of obeying God. 
For example, doing something for someone else rather than, than just do it, rather than just doing what you want. It's not irksome to love one another because that's the life of God in us that enables us. And it's amazing how just a little thing. Do you remember the disciples were fishing all night, that story, and they caught nothing? And Jesus on the shore, and he said, I mean, Jesus wasn't a fisherman. He was a carpenter. They were fishermen. And he said, cast your nets on the other side. Well, I guess the boat would be five or six feet wide. It's not a big difference. But they chose to do it. It wasn't logical. It was not based on their fishing expertise. But basically, they cho chose to do what he gave them to do. Recently, a number of our young people made the decision to go on the team to Sierra Leone. That opened the door for all the blessing that came from it. They had to settle, is this trip, is this visit to Sierra Leone what God has for you? Once you concluded yes, you were empowered to battle through all the objections that arose. Ask any one of them. Well, what about the funds? I haven't got enough money. What about, oh, I don't know about Sierra Leone. It's not the Riviera, is it? And the preparing and the effort. How important was that decision? If you spoke to any one of them today, they would say that was a very important decision because having made that decision, we found that God helped us to, to, to go through all the other things that would have been objections or barriers. Bible tells us, Galatians 5, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. The expression active expression of loving one another is serving. Freedom to use, freedom to serve one another. Free to love the unliv uh, unlovable. Unlovable. Well, they're not like me. They're boring or they're aggressive or they're politically... kind of on the wrong side, which would be not my side. Smelly. Free to give myself to activities I would have considered boring. Free to discipline myself to hard work with God's help. Free to serve where the need is, not just what I fancy doing. I've told you before of a time when I, I was called to pray and uh, I reached at the house, man of faith, full of power and faith for the hour. And uh, the most important thing that was needed at that time was hold the bowl while various members of the family were being sick. It wasn't really my choice, but it was freedom to do what was necessary. I had a, a brother come one of the leaders, and uh, came to, import, to discuss very important 
matters pertaining to the church, but the, but the washing machine was leaking. So he said, let me fix the washing machine. Yeah, it was what the need was there. Free to speak the truth in love. I wonder if any of you remember that time when one of the, one of the children of one of the families in the church that the special needs uh, went missing. And uh, the father knocked at my door and he was understandably in a panic. I looked. We went to the area and we'd make contact and different ones would make contact with others. And there were cars of people from our church coming from all directions. Uh, and uh, it was getting dark and we spread out and of course God helps us and we, we found the, the lad and everything was okay. Free to do whatever he gives us to do. Sometimes it's not very glamorous. Sometimes it's exciting. But it doesn't really matter if it's what he's giving us to do. So let's, let's, let's kind of wind up with this. Um, let's say, for example, you're, you're sitting here, you're listening to me, and you say, I don't know. I find it difficult to believe. I want to refer you to two examples in the Bible where somebody found it difficult to believe. One of them, would you believe it, was one of the disciples that had been with Jesus. But he wasn't there when Jesus appeared on a given occasion. And uh, yeah, he was quite honest. He said, you're all excited, but I just know myself, I can't, I can't believe unless I see him. This is after Jesus had risen from the dead and appeared to the disciples and he wasn't there. He said, unless I see him for myself. What was he doing there? He was confessing where he was. And what did Jesus do? He came and appeared again. But he didn't turn to all the disciples that had uh, recognized that he had been raised from the dead. They were there and he turned to this one. He came specifically because somebody had confessed, I need, I can't believe, I need. And he comes to that. There was another occasion. This is a very tragic thing in the Bible where this man had a son that was uh, smitten with various diseases that would cause him uh, to to have fits. And these fits had caused him at sometimes to end up in the fire and all sorts of horrendous things. So you can imagine that he was not, it was not nice to look at this poor kid. And the father brought the son to Jesus. Well, he didn't, first of all, brought him to the disciples. And the disciples prayed and nothing happened. And then he comes to Jesus. And he said a very real, open and honest thing. And I commend this to you. If you want to take seriously and enter in to what we're talking about today, 
He said, Jesus said to him, well, all things are possible to those who believe. And he said, well, I do, and I think that's fair enough. He'd, he'd come there. He'd come again to Jesus after the disciples hadn't helped him. He said, but help my unbelief. And you know what? God is very open for us to confess our need. And if it's unbelief today, if it's you determine yourself that you cannot believe, but you want to make this, this step of saying, I choose because God made Jesus Lord, I choose to make him Lord. I choose to submit to him. And you need the miracle that God will then do. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk, on Facebook, lifeline.church.uk or Twitter at lifelineuk.com.